Look around, what do you see? Cars, lots of them. And guess what? They're probably on Auto Trader. Whether you're into timeless classics or the latest trends, did somebody say solar-powered, eco-friendly, vegan, leather-wrapped, aromatherapy-scented, disco ball-equipped, self-driving car? If you see it on the road, you can likely find it on Auto Trader. Big cars, small cars, blue cars, new cars, used cars, electric cars, and one day, maybe even flying cars. With millions of options to choose from, buying a car becomes a whole lot easier. See it. Find it. Auto Trader. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and Jerry's here, and we're silly. And this is Stuff You Should Know, <laughs> silly podcast. Boy, did this one just not reek of the old How Stuff Works days. Yeah, but what's awesome is that you knew that you could just, you know, like you didn't have to double check any facts or anything like that. Because sure. Tracy Wilson was on the case. Yeah. And she does not get her <laughs> facts mixed up. No, this was an old How Stuff Works article from Tracy and also got some stuff from CNN, Gizmodo, A Mental Floss, The Wired, and Mother Jones, which feels sure. like a... The veritable greatest hits of stuff you should know reference sites. <laughs> Not that I look at it. Uh, but we're talking about Silly String. We haven't done one on a classic toy in a long time. It's been too long. And although this isn't quite uh, as interesting as, like, say, a sea monkey, I think it still has some pretty interesting points. Well, there's 100% less Nazis in this one, which I like. <laughs> That's true. Not one Nazi. So um, Silly String is a toy. And it's one of those things that is so ubiquitous and everybody knows about it and may, may even be annoyed by it or whatever, that um, you don't realize that there, there's people out there who talk about this stuff and think about this stuff. And that if you start to dive into the Internet and look for those people uh, and you read what they write, you start to figure out that they're all very, very wrong in whatever they're saying about Silly String. Yeah, and I think that was – I think especially at the time Tracy wrote this article, it was one of those deals where everything on the web basically said, we don't even know what's in Silly String, and it's one of those – it's sort of like uh, Easy Cheese. It's uh -huh. like this sort of mystery, what's inside the can, and science can't even figure it out. And all we know it was invented by Julius – uh, Saman in 1969, mm -hmm. and it turns out that none of that st stuff is actually true. We do know what's in Silly String, and Julius Saman did not invent it. No, and I think here, um, about a minute and a half into the podcast, we should probably tell everybody what Silly String is in case they have been, in case they haven't heard. <laughs> Living where? <laughs> <laughs> Living outside of a silly string laden country. That's right. Silly string comes in an aerosol can. So if you look mm -hmm. at it, it's uh, it it might look like easy cheese or <laughs> I was about to say a, a small can of uh, Aquanet or spray paint or spray paint. I was trying to think of like antiquated things, but sure, spray paint works as well. 
Okay. Uh, and you press the nozzle, and out comes shooting a, a pressurized stream of this foamy string. Mm-hmm. And you can – it depends on, you know, how hard you shake it and your angle of incidence, I guess. Or is that right? I probably got that wrong. The angle uh, at which you shoot it. Sure. Angle <laughs> of attack. Angle of attack. Uh, <laughs> but it can travel, you know, five, six, seven, up to 10, 12 feet. Yeah. And it's like kind of wet and cold, cool feeling when it comes out. Comes out very fast and then very quickly kind of um, doesn't completely dry. It still has sort of that tacky feeling because mm-hmm. it will stick to things. But it, the the idea is that it stays in a string form right. unless you kind of pull it apart. That's what makes silly string fun and great. Yeah. It's not like your grandfather's shaving cream. That was just foams up and like into this pile, this bubble that kind of grows. It holds its shape. And that's a really important part of it because it wouldn't be a toy if it just came out like shaving cream. No one would want to play with it. It certainly would have uh, not have had a very famous uh, part of the movie, the great Tom Hanks movie, Big. No. So you've ever seen Big, that silly string in the scene where he and uh, uh, Billy, I guess, are playing around all of a sudden they have all this money and they buy all this garbage candy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they buy silly string and Tom Hanks acts like he's squirting it like snot out of his nose and they spray silly string. And that's the idea is that kids have a good time with it and parents hate it. Yeah. Parents and city council people as we'll see. Yeah, exactly. And, and you said another part of it too, is not only just its shape, but the fact that it can really travel. You said it can travel up to 10 to 12 feet which for our friends in non-imperial countries is a handful of meters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot. You know, like you can be standing pretty far away from somebody, spray them, drop the can, and turn and run, and you still have a pretty good head start on them chasing you. <laughs> that's right. So the story of Silly String Chuck is actually a pretty interesting one. I love ones that, like toys that started out as something else, which seems like every toy we've ever talked about. It started, it started life as its own, like a different thing, and then somebody was like, actually, this is a pretty good toy. And everyone said agreed, and it became a classic toy, and then we podcasted on it 60 years later. That's right. Uh, not quite 60, but in this case, it was, uh, if you look at the actual patent uh, from 1972 for foamable resinous, uh, for a foamable resinous composition, <laughs> uh, you will find Robert P. Cox and Leonard A. Fish. Uh, Fish Great was name. an inventor. Uh, Cox was a chemist. And what they were trying to originally invent was a medical device, kind of an emergency, uh, largely battlefield, but an emergency cast that you could spray on, like a spray on cast. If you break a bone that would sort of, and if you think about silly string in a different application, Mm -hmm. and if you think about it, what if it instead came out and coated your arm and solidified? That's the idea. And from what I could tell, they were successful in that. Um, But part of what they were trying to do was uh, find uh, the right nozzle. They they had apparently tested like 500 nozzles. Uh, and one of those nozzles shot this stuff out, this concoction that they came up with, in a string uh, really far, and that string held its shape. So they were like, let's put a button on this particular nozzle. I'm sure Leonard A. Fish walked around with it in his little change pocket of his Levi's for mm-hmm. many years. <laughs> and then when the time was right, they said, we should get back to that because we've got the we've got the spray on cast down pat. I think that other thing would make a really good toy. And Robert Peacock said, agreed, Leonard Fish. And Leonard Fish nodded silently. <laughs> That's right. Uh, as the legend goes, they did not know anything about toy marketing, obviously. 
So they made an appointment with uh, who at the time was probably the biggest name in toys in the early 70s, Whammo. Mm -hmm. Still a big name in toys. Sure. And uh, we covered Frisbees and Yo-Yos. Like, the Whammo's has made an appearance in a lot of these episodes. Yo-Yos was one of our better episodes, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, so they went to Whammo. Uh, as legend has it, they sprayed the stuff all over the office and the person they were meeting with as well. And they said, get out of here. This stuff is <laughs> like, how dare you kind mm -hmm. of reaction. And the next day, though, uh, apparently Fish got a telegram saying from Whammo saying we need 24 cans of this stuff as a marketing test. Stop. <laughs> Just stop right there. Uh, and the the idea and this sounds very much like a, a legend, but who knows? It may be true. The idea is that the next day they cleaned it up. But there was one hangy string on a lamp that one mm -hmm. of the owners of Whammo saw and picked up and said, what is this stuff? It's, right. it's fantastic. Uh, it's like Paul Newman from uh, Hudsucker Proxy. Okay. <laughs> you haven't seen that one, I guess. I don't know. I, know. I at least started it. Okay. It was, that had to do with uh, the invention of the hula hoop. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. But so it was, some, some Coen Brothers movies are just not for me. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I like them all, but I get it. Mm -hmm. em Emily doesn't like a lot of them because they, they do mean things to animals in almost every movie. I never noticed that. Yeah, it's a Coen Brothers thing. Okay. So they basically say, get these guys in here. This stuff is brilliant. Mm -hmm. And they did. And apparently within a couple of weeks, they had a contract with Whammo to license and sell Silly String. Uh, but that still doesn't explain Julian Saman, right? No, Julian Simon, the guy who is legendarily the person who invented Silly String back in 1969, actually does have something to do with Silly String. But he came into the picture 30 years after he was reputed to. Because in 1999, Whammo said, we've spent our Silly String. We're done with this. Who wants it? And Julius Simon had a company called Julius Simon Limited, which was the parent company of the Car Freshener Corporation. How great is that? And Car Freshener had a subsidiary, a toy division called Just for Kicks, and Just for Kicks bought the rights to make Silly String in 1999. And if Car Freshener Corporation just rings the slightest, tiniest bell, you might have seen it in really little script on your uh, tree air freshener that is dangling from your rearview mirror. Yeah, so Julius Simon is the gentleman who holds the patent to the fir tree. Uh, air freshener. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Another ubiquitous product I've never owned. Yeah. Same here. I never got into those either. He had, he had two patents, and one was for the tree-shaped air freshener. Another one was uh, the undressed naked lady silhouette air freshener. <laughs> those were his two patents. Well, I guess he saw it on a mud flap and was like, uh, I think that would look great as an air freshener. <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen that one, but I can I would guess it's kind of that mud flappy thing too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like mud flaps it's either Yosemite Sam saying back off. Yes. Or it's like silhouette of a naked lady. Yep. That's your mud flap selection. <laughs> um all right, I think that's good enough for the first segment mm -hmm. which we'll just call history. Sure. And in our second segment after the break, we will bore you to tears. <laughs> by talking about the chemical contents of Silly String. That is not true, everybody. Silly 
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery. But that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she as my father believed, a witch. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
So, Chuck, I just want to say before we get started, I want to explain myself. When I was saying stop while you were talking about the telegram, mm-hmm. I wasn't telling you to stop. No, telegram, stop. Yeah, yeah. I and, get it. Um, have, have you ever heard the legend behind why people said stop instead of just adding a period? No, but I think this is definitely the episode to put that. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> apparently if you were sending a telegram, uh-huh. uh, letters were very cheap, but punctuation was expensive. So you actually paid less to what? spell out the four letters S-T-O-P no than paying for a period. That's why people had stop in the middle of their sentences. But the big dum-dum would say, stop, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> right. I really mean it. Wow. There's a period here. That's amazing. What a great yeah. little factoid to be able to throw out at the next uh, dinner party. It is a factoid. It's a tenth of a fact. I know. <laughs> oh, wait. I might have the, yeah. my, my wires crossed. I know what you mean. There's probably a couple of listeners <laughs> who get it. Uh, all right. Let's dive into a can of Silly String. Yes. Because uh, what is inside a can of Silly String mm-hmm. is, is known generally to the public now. Uh, although some of the stuff on the original patent is has had been changed since then. So I think there are some trade secrets, but let's just say it's definitely a liquid inside the can. Yes. And it becomes the string outside the can because of the stuff that's inside the can. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is very lightweight. And like we said, it does have an adhesive quality, but it's got to be just the right mix. You want it to stick to a lampshade or stick to a wall or stick to a person's like ears and hair if you're draping it over them, over them, over the rim. But sure. You don't want it to be so sticky that you can't get it off of something. You want to be able to, you know, it's got to be cohesive. You want to be able to pull it out and have it kind of generally come in one big ball as you're trying to clean up afterward. Right. So that's the tension between the adhesiveness of it and the cohesiveness of it. And as long as it's more cohesive, meaning it'll it'll hold its shape when you pull on it, um, then it is adhesive. So it's, it takes less force to pull it off somebody than it does to take to pull it apart. Yeah. That's why it's so easily cleaned up because it is a little bit sticky, but not fully sticky. And that that has to do with the genius of some of the stuff that's in it. Yeah. And I imagine getting this right is I mean, it sounds well, I was about to say it sounds silly um, to, to put this much research and thought into a product like this. Mm-hmm. But if you get it wrong, no one's going to buy it. If it sticks so bad to everything that parents can't clean it up, they're not going to buy it for their kids. Right. Uh, it's, it's kind of genius in a way that they figured like the exact recipe to make it fun for kids, but something that you could generally just sort of pull off and ball up and throw in the trash. Yeah, and Robert P. Cox and Leonard A. Fish are the people who did spend that time figuring that out because you couldn't make an instant cast with the stuff that comes out of a can of Silly String. No, I've tried. So they, they had to go back and figure out how to make it, you know, very colorful, how to make it so it didn't stick too much, how it was cohesive, all that stuff. And they did. They managed to, to come up with the perfect mixture of basically three ingredients, although there's more than three. Um, there's... I don't know why everybody says three, but everyone does say three. I think three um, is the the magic three and then some other stuff. So there's a resin, a surfactant, and a propellant. And apparently there's also a solvent, which is very important. There's also talc, which is very important, as we'll see. But each one of these things plays a really uh, important role in the creation of the silly string. And you know, like you said, it has to be just right or else the whole thing's going to, the whole enterprise is going to collapse. <laughs> uh, I picture Dr. Strangelove wheeling into the room all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> mein Podcaster. 
<laughs> so you've got your resin. That's going to form that plastic structure, that exoskeleton of the strand. And in original form on that patent, it was an acrylic resin using uh, polyisobutyl uh, methacrylate. Mm-hmm. And the resin is like everything else with the silly string. You got to get it just right. Um, that is the framework of those strands. If you have too much resin, it's not going to foam like you want it to foam. And it'd be more like shooting caulk at somebody. And I think we can all agree that's no fun. There's no such thing as silly caulk. Right. Uh, if you have too little of the stuff, then they're not going to hold together. And if silly string, I think we agree that if it came out as tiny little foam bullets, it wouldn't be as fun as if it comes out as a big string. Uh, but the whole point is, is once this thing is propelled into the air, then it forms that shell mm-hmm. that if you don't mess with it, like it'll stay there for a while. It's not like it just disappears. Yeah, because of the resin, that plastic structure that it lends to the whole thing. Um, yeah, if you leave it alone, it can it can survive for weeks, basically. I would guess indefinitely. I'm sure it's like how many t- licks it takes to get to the center of a tattoo roll pop. <laughs> no one, no one really knows because no one's just left silly string indefinitely, <laughs> yeah. you know? Talk about a monster. So, so the propellant is also really important, too, for a couple of reasons. Um, uh, whatever propellant they're using is at room temperature and normal sea level pressure, um, which is what it's like outside of the can, it would be a gas. But the contents of an aerosol can is under so much pressure that it's actually in its liquid state. Um, and the propellant, when it when it emerges from that can, it essentially boils. It changes from liquid to a gas. And as it does that, because everything else is mixed up with that propellant, as we'll see, it takes all of those other components, the resin, the surfactant, the solvent, on a wild ride, and they all combine with one another and and turn foamy. So again, the structure, the exoskeleton, the thing that lends the whole thing its initial support, that's the resin. Uh, Yeah, and the other thing the propellant does is that it also helps that resin form basically and uh helps sort of create that that foamy exterior because once that propellant is shot out it evaporates very quickly uh if you if you shoot it at a normal distance if you've ever taken silly string and like shot it into your like a closed palm or a fist or something it's going to be different it's going to be like a lot more wet because it doesn't have that chance to spread out and quickly evaporate and it's gonna be a lot more brittle that's why you're supposed to shoot, you know, the propellant across the room. Is right. It sort of lends itself to doing what it does best mm-hmm. uh, by doing what it does best. <laughs> <laughs> right, which is propelling things. Right. So um, they used to originally use dichlorofluoromethane, also known as Freon-12. And Freon-12 is so bad for the ozone layer that there is a global law yeah. against manufacturing Freon. Like, think about how many global laws there are. That might be the only one. Murder? Um, I guess so. But, yeah, this is this is like an actual, yeah, okay, sure. fine, murder, but still. <laughs> well, how about like a global regulation maybe? Okay, sure. Or something that has to do with industry or manufacturing yeah. rather than, you know, killing people. Sorry to trip you off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they used to use Freon, but you can't use Freon anymore. Um, you actually can use it in some applications. There's a, a finite stock of Freon left on Earth 
um, and you're allowed to use those. You just can't manufacture anymore. So eventually we'll run out of Freon. Um, they had to figure out something else to use, uh, and they did. So you don't find Freon 12 inside of Silly String anymore because it's really bad for the ozone layer. That's right. Although, as we learned in our research, uh, over the years there have been various uh, rogue uh, off-brands uh, <laughs> that have used Freon that have popped up like in the 2000s and – uh, I think even in the 2010s, they would find some random silly string shipment that came from, you know, Taiwan or China that mm -hmm. still had that Freon 12 in it and, you know, confiscate that stuff quick and get rid of it. Right. So um, one of the other things moving on from the propellant, which, again, it's really, really important stuff, but all of these things are important. Each one plays its own role. That's right. And and the surfactant plays a really interesting role, too, because it helps the resin foam, it helps the resin expand, and the surfactant does this by um, by the fact that it's amphiphilic. Am amphiphilic, sorry. It's hydrophobic and it's hydrophilic. So it repels water and it attracts water. It doesn't know what it's doing, but it does both of those things. And in that sense, it, it actually manages to keep molecules cohesive. So it lends it its cohesive um, uh, property. Um, it also lends it a little bit of stickiness, but I saw that it keeps it from being too sticky. So this is like, the surfactant is just a, a wonder chemical because it's doing the opposite at the same time. Yeah, and the surfactant is, uh, like Tracy says, you know, so many years ago in this article, that it's just sort of a fancy name for a detergent. Mm -hmm. And the idea is, is if you think about, like, um, like if you have a sink full of water and you just squirt some soap, like dish soap in there, it's just going to sort of sit there. And you might not even know there's any soap in there until you turn on that, uh, that high pressure uh, from the sink and maybe even put your finger over it, then that mm -hmm. stuff's going to foam up all of a sudden. And mm -hmm. that's sort of what's going on with this can of Silly String. Right. And originally on the patent, they listed the surfactant as sorbitan trioliate, uh, which has a trade name of, get this, tween 85. Tween 85? Yeah. That's weird. That sounds it's like a... super weird. Yeah, that sounds like a an internet name for a predator. <laughs> <laughs> it does, for sure. But it's also one of those things that's like so innocuous that it almost makes you wonder if they went to great lengths to come up with something you'd just look right past. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, as, far, um, as far as how much of this stuff is in there, of what stuff is in there, um, the resin is about 10 to 15%. Surfactant is actually less than 5%. Most mm -hmm. of what's in that can is that propellant. So mm -hmm. if you had a, a see-through can of silly string, it would be uh, mostly that liquid propellant. Well, I guess it's all liquid at the time until it comes out, like we said. Right. Um, but mostly propellant. Uh, but you did mention talc in there. Uh, I think uh, without the talc, it, would, it wouldn't have much body to it. Mm -hmm. Is that the idea? Yeah, it would, it, it would, I, I can't even so imagine it what it little. would be like. Yeah, yeah, it'd just be like kind of flecky, plasticky exoskeleton without it, the foam, I guess, is what it, what I saw. Okay. And I also saw, get this, so I've been doing a little bit of sleuthing. Ooh. Tween 85 oh, no. is actually used as an emulsifier <laughs> 
for mixing mineral oil with other stuff in other applications. Oh. So I believe that tween 85 serves a double duty as a surfactant, but also an emulsifier for the talc as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Did you and just then, do that on the fly? Uh, I mean, when I was researching it. Oh, okay. It sounded in the moment. No, I mean, I don't walk around knowing other industrial <laughs> uses for tween 85. Well, no, it meant like you just happened to look it up or something. No, no, no. No, I looked it up and wrote it down. I was like, this is juicy. I can't leave this one out. It's pretty juicy. Uh, you also have, uh, anytime you have something like this, you're going to need a, a stabilizer. And in this case, they use ammonia and isopropyl alcohol. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the ammonia keeps it from corroding mm -hmm. uh, inside the can. And... It, the alcohol stops bugs, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, stops from, life from forming. Right. I didn't find that anywhere else on the entire internet. I looked in every single corner. I didn't find it, not only in, in relation to, to Silly String, but in relation to aerosol cans in general. Like, I have no idea where that came from. But I did some more sleuthing. Oh, boy. So I think that was one from of the, the Wired article, right? Uh, yeah, I think so, actually. Okay. Yeah. But I just don't understand what, what they're talking about. Um, I mean, it makes sense, but I just haven't seen it anywhere else. Yeah, but isopropyl alcohol is also commonly used as a solvent. So the unnamed solvent might actually be named. They might have all the ingredients listed here, but they're just not saying this thing is also pulling uh, double duty as well. I gotcha. Yeah, a little bit of uh, sleight of hand and uh, what's it called? <laughs> Misguidance? Uh, no, misdirection, yeah. Yeah, misdirection, that's right. Misguidance <laughs> works, though, too, right? Yeah, you, you'd be a heck of a magician. <laughs> <laughs> I'm misguiding you. Yeah. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to announce that either. <laughs> <laughs> no, right, that's right. Man, I would be terrible at this. If you, like the, the coin would fall out of my knuckles. If you look at my right hand and not my left, you will notice. <laughs> misguidance. <laughs> All right. Is that, does that cover the ingredients? Uh, oh, just one more thing. Okay. No, I guess we already talked about it, about how, like, the the um, the, the aerosol, um, uh, the propellant boils and, and carries everything else out on it. Yeah. And if you're just like, man, I need more. Tell me more about the, the manufacturing of aerosol cans. You're in luck because we actually did an entire episode on aerosol cans before. Did we really? That yes, it sounded we did. familiar. That that's an old one, huh? It, yeah, it was back in we were just casting about at the time, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but if I remember correctly, we we did it. It was done, you know, when when we were finished. We were casting about trying to sell old Toyota Camrys. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The 2012 Camry. Are you ready? Uh for all something? right. <laughs> Let's take that break. Uh, I'm going to go fire up the camera and get the AC going because it's hot here. I'm ready to leave. <laughs> and we'll talk about uh, some interesting other uses and the environmental impact right after this. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery. But that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I can just see that 2012 Camry in your driveway with like the mm-hmm. the ceiling liner kind of hanging down a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Like it it came undone in one spot and it just kept going from No, there. those ceiling liners last forever. They sure do. Way beyond 2022. I like the idea that people actually might think that they gave us like Camrys to <laughs> right. drive around. 
<laughs> no, it's true. I mean, seriously, there's still old episodes that have that 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 ad embedded in it. It's hilarious. It's amazing. The ad that won't go away. They really got their money's worth out of that one. Yes, and still do. Uh, one of the interesting uses of uh, silly string popped up during the war in Iraq when the U.S. military, although they didn't officially endorse it and like buy this stuff for the troops, which I'm not sure why they wouldn't, um, they would use them to find IEDs and tripwires. So they would like go up to like the doorway of a room and they would spray silly string around and see if they were if it hung on invisible tripwires. Not invisible, but you know, hard to see tripwires. Yeah, which is really awesome. It's kind of like Catherine Zeta Jones spraying that powder or whatever <laughs> yeah. in that one movie. Uh-huh. Um I can't remember the I don't remember. Thomas Crown Affair, maybe? I'm no, not sure. No, it was the one with Sean Connery. I can't remember the name yeah. of it. But uh, um, It was just, yeah, 90s dumb movie. But yeah, same thing, but using silly string in, in, in a rock, in, taking out IEDs rather than trying to steal a diamond or something. That's right. So there's right. some differences, but it's the same principle. Yeah, and there was a, kind of a cool story from 2007 when a, <laughs> I think a soldier's mother in New Jersey, uh, they were they wanted to get their hands on some of this stuff. And so she mounted a drive and collected about 80,000 cans of silly string mm-hmm. uh, to send to the troops. Uh, I think the sort of bummer ending of that story is she had trouble getting it shipped or something. And I think a lot of it went bad. I never saw anytime there's like not a great oh, follow yeah. up. It's probably yeah. not, not a great ending. Right. Or the, the media just got bored with it. Yeah. On. They're like, we're really, can we just write a listicle again? <laughs> I've got it now, Chuck. The 2012 Camry, it's ready. Are you ready? Is that what it was? not quite it either. No, I still don't have it. Uh, So if you heard us listing all these ingredients, even though Freon 12 isn't in there anymore, you might think that it's probably um, not something that's great for the environment. Uh, And like you said, in the 70s and 80s, kind of right as this was being born, they immediately were uh, started to um, get rid of CFCs, and HCFCs, hydrochlorofluorocarbons. Mm-hmm. The greatest named carbons of all. Yeah, there's a lot of letters in that word. One of the problems was that they replaced um, hydrochlorofluorocarbons with just plain old um, hydrofluorocarbons. Mm-hmm. So you can tell. Fewer letters, obviously it's not nearly <laughs> as dangerous, right? Right. The thing is, is they're they're fine for the ozone layer. They basically do nothing for the ozone layer but keep it in place. So that's good. But they're finding that they also have a high global warming potential. So like any chemical that um, can enter the atmosphere, it can be given a global warming potential. And the lower the number, mm-hmm. the less effect it will have on changing the climate. The higher the number, the more greenhouse gas it is. And some of these HFCs are kind of high greenhouse gases. They have a high global warming potential. So we still need to keep figuring out uh, how to get aerosols out. Yeah. Uh, I kind of had that feeling. I'm glad you looked that up because my feeling was like surely they didn't solve that to where this is just like great. Now. Yeah, no, they, and, they, and they like definitely not didn't. a problem. And I imagine if uh, even though we didn't see the ammonia – anywhere else on the internet mm-hmm. it can't be great to be squirting out something with ammonia everywhere right uh i don't know i i really don't know and i know that so no it wasn't the ammonia that i didn't see i didn't see people putting isopropyl alcohol in an aerosol can oh, okay. to keep things from growing inside of it that's what i didn't see oh uh, okay uh people do use ammonia yeah here's what i will say though is that uh 
Um, I haven't looked at a can in a while, and I don't know what warnings come on it. But mm -hmm. I, I bet one of them uh, should be like, don't let your pets eat it and that kind of thing. Or don't let humans or your little sister eat it. Yeah, well, also, <laughs> yeah, that's just good advice, right? Um, there's also, you can find some um, warnings depending on what, um, what kind of propellant is used in the can. Um, uh, to say, hey, uh, this is flammable. Don't spray it at a campfire, although it'll look really awesome mm. uh, because that's really dangerous. Uh, another one is um, it can freeze. It, yeah. it can like basically freeze your skin. And the reason why is because when that um, compressed liquid is converting into a gas, undergoing a phase change, part of that phase change is that it's, it's drawing uh, heat from any available immediate source. Mm -hmm. That includes the can. So it turns the can ice cold because it takes all the heat out of it to, to help turn that, um, that gas or that liquid into a gas. I did something kind of dumb a number of years ago. Uh, I, you know, had these little skin tags and I would go to the dermatologist to get them clipped. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to buy some of that oh, no. freeze spray uh -huh. and I'm going to freeze and clip them myself because mm -hmm. that's got to be easy. Mm -hmm. And I got some of that spray and I guess the idea is that it's not for that purpose and you spray kind of from a distance to, to maybe numb something. And, okay. And I got it right up on that thing and sprayed it <sighs> and it burned like the fires of hell. <laughs> it hurt so bad. It, it felt like someone pressed a, a hot, like a uh, glowing piece of metal into my skin. I can imagine. I know where you're coming from actually, because I went through a phase when I was a tween 85. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly enough, about in 85, uh -huh. um, and uh, I, where I had warts, especially on my elbows for some reason. And mm. I, I had to go to the doctor like every couple months, and they would burn them off with yeah. liquid liquid nitrogen, frozen nitrogen. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, if they missed even a little bit, it would really hurt. It yeah. was really damaging. But if they just got it on the wart, which they normally did, it was weird. You, there was, like, no sensation whatsoever. I we should do a shorty on warts. Sure. I don't know. That might be our least listened to episode. <laughs> you think? Yeah, I think so. Even even less than aerosol cans. Uh, that's right. Or our poop centric episodes. People love those. Can we finish this one? The 2012 <laughs> Camry. Who's up for one? Uh, I don't think that was it either. Uh, so the last thing we'll say is that we mentioned earlier about city council people. Uh, it has been banned here and there because it's such a pain. And uh, in the mid-2000s, uh, I think 2004, there was a city council person named Tom Labonga, Labange <laughs> in Los Angeles. You know, Hollywood just goes crazy on Halloween. There's like a lot of partying in, right there in central Hollywood. And mm -hmm. apparently the Silly String was out of hand with – people spraying it with people getting on fights from getting sprayed with it. Yeah, and that they actually put a price tag on that that said silly string remediation was costing the city of Los Angeles 200, more than $200,000 each year wow. from that one night, just from Halloween. So they said no more, uh, not on Halloween, not in LA. Yeah. Some fat cat, silly string cleaner upper was making 200K <laughs> on November 1st every year. Yeah, between 85. So so they, they actually passed an ordinance where Silly String is outlawed one day a year, Halloween, in Los Angeles, um, at, at the very least in Hollywood. And I did not go back and find out uh, if there had been any change to this law. 
So let's talk about it as a potential that existed at least in the past, if not currently, right? Okay. Uh-huh. Because there's because Tracy says that um, these sanctions are even worse than uh, a pot charge, and I don't think you can get charged for pot anymore in California, right? No, it's legal. Right. Okay. So this fine of just carrying a can of silly string could get you a misdemeanor, a thousand dollar fine. And up to six months in jail in in L.A., which is like a pretty glamorous jail, but it's still jail for six months. Yeah, they put it on par at the time, at least, uh, with um, like a drunken disorderly charge, Mm -hmm. uh, bicycling or hunting while drunk was uh, $250 and $500, uh, respectively, uh, fined. Uh Hunting while drunk. Did not know that. Uh, well, no, and I mean, like, each of those separately, it makes a lot of sense. But if you put them together, sure. that's when it starts to get hilarious. You could have broken into the L.A. Zoo and mm-hmm. gotten a mere $250 fine. If you had a can of Silly String, it was 1000 Did you see the video recently of that poor dog who got into a gorilla enclosure oh, at, at no. some zoo? He was so scared. And the gorillas weren't happy that he was there either, but he did not want to be in there. And um, when they, they finally got him out, animal control got him out, he had like the guiltiest look on his face, like, I'm sorry. I didn't want to go in there, but it oh, just boy. happened. So it ended well. He got out. Yeah, right. everybody was safe. Uh, it, it worked out very well. But yeah, he was really nervous and not happy. No one was. I guess you wouldn't be telling that story if you were like, <laughs> right. oh, man, it got mauled into a million pieces. Yeah. yeah he but... looks like a 2012 Camry now. <laughs> very nice. Full circle. You got anything else? No, just the rule of threes. Uh, I think we accomplished that. I think that was four or five. Mm-hmm. Between 85 or more than three as well. We're failing. Okay. Yeah, we're screwing it up left and right. Uh, since I said we're screwing it up left and right, everybody, obviously it's time for listener mail. Uh, I'm going to read this just because it's just a nice person saying thank you. We don't do these much, and we get to also answer a question. Okay. Uh, hey, guys, wanted to write not about a specific episode, but rather to comment on your overall series. Been listening for years now and continue to find episodes delightfully upbeat, informative, and extremely respectful of different viewpoints. Uh, the chemistry that you, uh, you two have with each other is apparent to the listener through the silly banter and fun tangents. I love how one of you can say something like, you know, that thing, and the other one can name exactly what he means. Uh, mm-hmm. I also have to say that I crack up just about every time Josh says, well, since Chuck said blank, it's time for listener mail, there's no rhyme or reason to the transitional phrase, and it all, makes it all the better when you say it. Mm-hmm. I, I like that too. That's one of the nice traditions here. Definitely. Uh, as a lifelong learner, your work on this podcast seems to be a dream job. It is. Uh, And I didn't mean that as a question. It is. Uh, You get to research an immense range of topics and you make them so accessible to the audience. Uh, Something I appreciate as a teacher. I also applaud you for doing such a thorough job at being diligent with and mindful of your sources. That Uh, is such a teacher word. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What, diligent? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing I always look forward to as well is the fun musical interludes going in and out of the commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. I always wondered how you get them. Do fans submit them? Where do they come from? Keeps episodes fresh even after the many years that you have decided uh, dedicated to your show. Uh, and so Amy from Agora Hills, California. Yes, those are absolutely listeners. Uh, they have been sending them in for years and they continue to and they're always fun and amazing and uh it's just kind of one of the fun ways that we can uh, make listeners a part of the show. 
Yeah, like super big time thanks to every single person who submitted an ad jingle for us. They just agreed. They keep the show fresh and happening. Indeed. Uh, who is that from, Chuck? Amy from Agora Hills, California. Okay, Amy, thank you very much for that email. That was really kind of you. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us like Amy did and say some kind words or call us out for something, whatever, you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at iheartradio.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.